The Cappuccino Podcast brought to you in association with Tactical Solutions. For all your tactical solutions, check them out at www.tactical.co.nz. It's that time again, so grab yourself a cup of joe and get ready for the Cappuccino with Constable Brian. So my guest today, Caitlin O'Reilly, 18 years of age. 19. Nine, oh, sorry, 19, madam. That's what I've Yeah, yeah. A few yeah. weeks ago. Good so work. Okay. Happy birthday for a few <laughs> weeks ago then. Uh, July the 5th, 2022, she crossed the Sugaru Channel from Ohamori Prefecture to Hokkaido, Japan in 11 hours, 37 minutes, 41 seconds. See, I'm not telling anybody how you've done it quite yet. Uh, 14th of February 2019, she completed a 40.4 kilometre crossing of Lake Taupo in 13 hours and 27 minutes at the ripe old age of 14. Uh, the 17th of February 2021 completes a 28.6 kilometre crossing of the Fovo Strait in 10 hours, 21 minutes, 45 seconds. Who cares about the seconds, let's be honest. At the age of 16 and completes the New Zealand Triple Crown of Open Water Swimming because... She's also done the youngest, she's been the youngest female to cross 23 kilometres of Cook Strait, so that's for all of our overseas listeners. That's between the North and the South Islands of New Zealand on the 24th of February 2017, 7 hours, 19 minutes and 15 seconds at the ripe old age of 12, 12 years of age, yep. <laughs> And there was me busy thinking about how to be a Jedi Knight and you were swimming the <laughs> Cook Strait. Uh, so she's got... Uh, Lots of awards from the New Zealand Ultra Marathon Swim Awards. She's uh, been a legend a couple of times there. Uh, she was the Carmel College Sports Award, see, I did my research, October 2017 for a Cook Strait Swim. Uh, she's picked up the Ames Junior Excellence Award in 2017, November. Uh, she was the Aon National Champ in 2019, uh, at the National Champs, I should say. She was in the top 16 in a 100 meter swim backstroke, 100 meters fly and 400 metres, she was in the top 10 in 1500 metres freestyle, 200 metres backstroke, and six, only six, what were you doing, Caitlin, <laughs> come on, and the 200 metres fly, uh, she's also a rower as well, so my great pleasure to introduce, I guess, what do we call you, we call you an ultra marathon swimmer, I guess, don't we, yeah. yep, That's Caitlin O'Reilly, at the ripe old age of 19, right, so, um, like, I know because you've listened to it now, so, um, so I do a podcast dedicated to what I think is the best cop movie of all time, which you probably have not seen, but you need to go and see it if you haven't, called Speed. I have seen it. There you go then. Right, it. so here we go then. Pop quiz, hot shot. Here we go. I've got eight of the best ones for you. So your favourite meal after a swim is what? Pizza. There you go. Oh, good. Or donuts. Right. What's one exercise that you can't do? But Any, one th- anything on dry land. Uh, okay, that'll work, yep. What's the last book you read? Um, a book by Ross Edgeley, who swam around Great Britain. Oh, yeah, okay, yep. yeah, yeah, I've even heard that name, there we go. Uh, what's the best thing about being a New Zealander? Ooh. Oh, um, I guess, like, the culture, the community, the beaches. Cool, yep. yep. Uh, who's the athlete that inspires you the most at the moment? Because it always changes. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Thomas. I'm so guessing she's an ultra marathon. Yeah. Yep. yep. Right, I'll have to do my research later on. <laughs> uh, Favourite movie? Uh, ooh. 
my favourite recent movie, the new Top Gun one. There you go. Uh, what's the swimming stroke? You know, everybody's got a swimming stroke that they just don't like, can't do, or anything else. What's yours? Breaststroke. Oh, really? Jeez, yeah. it's my favourite. It's an old slow guy one. Uh, okay. And what's the one thing that you can't live without? You can't see your family? Uh, my cap and goggles. There you go. Gold, yep. And you've got a special type of goggles as well because I saw it splashed over everywhere. What was it? My Zog's goggles. Yeah, my yep. Zog's Predator Zog's goggles. Zog's Predator goggles. Yep, yep, there we go, yep. So, let's get into it. Where does this all start to become an ultramarathon swimmer? Because I'm guessing if you cross, cross the Cook Strait at the age of 12... You've started, you, it's not something you go at the age of 12, oh, I'm going to go across the Cook Strait tomorrow. You've got to be training and swimming for years. So where did you, one, learn to start swimming, what age were you? And then two, what made you go, actually, I'm not going to be one of those swim rats, you know, that just does laps of a pool, I'm actually going to go across the Cook Strait. Yeah, so I've kind of always been swimming from a very young age, like with Hilton Brown and to learn to swim stuff, and then I moved to northern arena and did all there learned to swim progressed through all the levels and then got into club stuff um with coast swimming club and my coach at the time john gatfield he had swum cook straight he was talking about it poolside um i was like cool that's what i'm gonna do <laughs> and, and that's went, what you did i yeah. got in the car after training and said to my mum, i'm gonna swim cook straight and she was like cool <laughs> uh, well, yeah now i know your mum but what was her re- was her reaction like? Call Caitlin, whatever, or was it just like, okay, you could probably do this, Caitlin? Yeah, it was. I f- pretty chill. Yeah. Um, from what I can remember. Yeah. My whole family pretty chill. Like, yep, cool. We'll support you in this. You have to do the work though. You yep. have to put in the effort, and we'll do whatever we need. We can do to help. Yeah. And it kind of just progressed from there. And it's yeah. a huge, like you said, it's a huge swim. When you went to school. And told your friends, what did they say? Because I'm guessing they probably looked at you like you just decided to become Princess Elsa. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, yeah, sure, Kellen, that sounds awesome, um, whatever. So I actually didn't tell anyone I was going to swim cook straight until I got home and until it was on the news, yep. until I had done it. So no one knew other than, like, my coach, my close family. Uh, no one from swim club knew. Yeah. Um, yeah, no one knew. There you go. That's all right. So now I know that you've had lots and lots of support from your family and sponsors and everybody else getting you like to training meets and everything else because everybody, that's the reason why pretty much every parent rolls their eyes whenever they say, oh, my kid's going to get to swimming. Everybody goes, oh, no, it's those five o'clock starts. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. So I'm guessing you're getting up at like, what, five, five fifteen time just to do laps? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I'm up at four thirty to get to squads for quarter past five. Yeah. A little bit of a land warm up and then in the pool for a couple of hours. Yeah. And then off to uni and then back to the pool. Cool. So so as people have got some idea, right, can you tell us what are you doing at uni by the way? I'm starting to be a paramedic. There you go, nice, yeah. good work. Part of the Green family. Nice. So um can you describe for us if I'll go through the days and you just sort of if we were back at uni and let's say uh next semester what your training looks like so monday what's training look like so monday morning training five thirty to seven thirty. yep and then i probably head home for breakfast do a bit of study uh and then back at the pool in the afternoon yeah uh, a little bit of land training for half an hour and then two hours in the pool again which would be like a main set 
lots of pace work, lots of speed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then Tuesday's going to be the same? Tuesday will be just Tuesday morning, and then during the summer, I'll do an ocean swim at Takapuna Beach Series or something like that. Yep. Um, but just, and you just say, just I'll just do a, an ocean swim at Takapuna Beach. What type of distance are we talking there? Oh, just a couple of Ks. Yeah. Right. Um, more of a, a sprint, like a race kind of thing. Right. And then yeah. Wednesday? Wednesday, similar to Monday. Um, so one in the morning, one in the one evening? One in the morning, one in the evening. Yep. yep. And then Thursday? Uh, same, double sessions. Yeah, Friday. Friday's just one. And then Saturday would be swim in the pool and then maybe go for an ocean swim or just do like a longer ocean swim. Yeah, and when you say longer ocean swim, like I'd go down, I'd say longer ocean swim, or I'd do like maybe 400 metres if I'm lucky and then roll over on my back like a big fat <laughs> whale and go, yeah, I'm just going to wait there for a little bit. How long's like a longer ocean swim for you? Uh, it would be 10Ks. Yeah, right. And then Sunday rest day? Sunday rest day. Boom, there you go. All right. So um, when you're prepping for a swim such as something like the Catalina Channel, and we'll talk a little bit about that later on, what does your diet look like? Because most swimmers I know who, who are probably like, can I guess like maybe 25, 30 years older than you are, uh, but when they were competing and when I was at high school with them, they just used to eat like pretty much anything because it's like I'm burning up so much energy, it's all good. What does your diet look like? Do you have a set controlled diet or do you just eat whatever you want to eat? No, I don't have a set controlled diet. I basically just eat whatever's whatever, in front of me, whatever's in front of me, <laughs> whatever right. mum cooks for dinner. But most like pool swimmers all have. A diet they eat, but mm-hmm. because I'm got that open water stuff and it's a little bit colder, yeah, that's okay to yeah. not be as lean. Yeah. Uh, now you're wanting to complete the Ocean Sevens, which is for the people that don't know, and I didn't. Uh, I didn't even know such a thing existed. So it's seven ocean water swims, uh, which is the swimming equivalent of seven summits mountaineering challenge, which includes Cook Strait. So you've done that. That's 22 kilometres. The Molokai Channels, which is in Honolulu, which is 42 kilometres, so that's pretty much the equivalent to running a marathon but swimming in water, and that's to come for you. Then the Catalina Channel, uh, California, USA, which is 33 kilometres, which you've had a crack at, but we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, Sugaru Channel, North uh, Japan, which is 41 kilometres, which you've done. Um, English Channel, which is coming up in August of this year. Yep. Yep, because uh, you wouldn't want to be swimming that in November, that's for sure, <laughs> uh, which is 32. Then you've got the Strait of Gibraltar, which is 14.4 kilometres. I looked at that one, I was like, oh, that must be like the easy leg. <laughs> uh, and then the North Channel, which is from Northern Ireland to Scotland, which is 35 kilometres. So, And the North Channel will be also in August. Okay, you're going to crack, look at you, superstar, yeah. eh? Yep. So that'll be like four out of the seven f- smashed out, easy, no worries. So... Yeah. Was that the plan when you did Cook Strait, or, you know, did you, like, because that um, Ocean Sevens has only been around for a, a couple of years, I think, since they brought it in, but was that the plan after you did the Cook Strait to go, oh, I'm going to keep doing ultra marathoning, or was it, once? because once you've done something like that, very often people just go, oh, I'm done. Um, I, when I was doing the research for the podcast, there was a young boy who'd done it at the age of 14. Mm. And uh, he did the cook straight and then just basically went, no, nah, I'm done. And pretty much from what I could find out, he'd never swam again. It was like, yeah. Yeah, I think that might have been John Gatfield. There you go, yeah. He did yeah. the one and didn't touch it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So was that your plan to go like, oh, I'm going to do ultra marathon swimming now? Or was it no. just like, 
No, that no. was not the plan. Um, basically, I said I wanted to do Cook Straight, and then I had no plans for after that. I didn't know what the Ocean Sevens was. I didn't know anything else. Um, but Cook Straight went really well. Yeah. Um, and I enjoyed most of it, and the coach that was there told me I was a pretty good swimmer, so I was like, cool, I might might keep going with this. Yeah. I went back to the pool and just did competitive swimming in the pool for maybe a year, a year, year and a bit, before I decided that I was going to do my next swim, yeah. which was Lake Taupo. And then I was kind of researching and came across the Ocean Sevens thing and um, was like, that's what I'm going to do. Nice, boom. Uh, and how many people have done the Ocean Sevens? There's uh, not that many, is not there? Not that many. No, at Less all. Less than 20. And I think you might be the first New Zealander ever to do it, or is I there somebody think else? there's one other who's done it, and there's a few swimmers who have one to go. There you go, yeah. that's all good. Right, so, now, I'm guessing COVID hasn't done your schedule any favours, right? Um, so, did it affect your training very much, or because, I mean, you're an ocean swimmer, so I mean, and then I know that there were, during lockdown we had restrictions against ocean swimming, but was it easy for you to keep doing your training or not during that time? Uh, not really, because like I said in the quick fire questions, I'm not very good at anything yeah. dry land, so running and uh, we, we've got a rowing machine at home, which helped a little bit, but when we are in complete lockdown, I really didn't do much. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's easy enough to pick up what I've pick up my swimming after I've had some time off. Yeah. It'll take a week or so, but it's usually pretty good. Now, I'm guessing the difference between ultra marathon swimming and what you do with like your 200 fly and that type of stuff that's like comparing somebody like a marathon runner to a sprinter isn't it so so how do you find that because i saw you when you were giving your speech at the last ultra marathon swimmers um award ceremony where you said you felt a little bit old because lots of the young kids were actually like catching you up or you know you're putting you want to put more effort in the ripe old age of 19 year old caitlin uh right but so how do you change from your training or do you just do what you got to do and then just turn up and go on natural ability or do you yeah. look at it and go you know what for the month of June and July I'm going to be doing fly training because I've got nationals coming up or something um so I pretty much just train in the pool with the squad yeah and then leading up to a big swim like for example English Channel right now I'm going to start doing my squad training but adding a little bit extra on adding an hour after each after a training or doing those longer ocean swims in the um on the weekends yeah just adding little extra bits in and then when i'm not building for a big swim that's just with the squad i might go race in the pool race the 1500 or yeah but it basically just keeps me fit and keeps my swimming consistent now you can't like swim in the english channel before you actually get to the english channel so, well, you, you can, but it's a lot of travel and a lot of money and everything yeah. else. So, when you do your ocean swims, is it beach a beach, or do you try and find somewhere that's got sort of the same type of conditions as the English Channel, or do you just go, actually, you know what, I'm just going to take a print and do the ocean swim there? Um, basically, any beach. Yeah. Where anyone's willing to swim with me, because I don't usually go out by myself. Yeah. Um, temperature is one, so I'll go to Wellington. Yep. in the next few months to get some cold waters similar to North Channel and English Channel because they're both under 18 degrees yeah um, and Wellington will get well below that so that'll be good training yeah nice okay so you actually did uh, the so- Sugaru Channel and the Fox and Strait in the middle of all of COVID didn't it it was sort yeah. of in between lockdowns and everything else right yeah 
what was it like traveling to Japan with COVID restrictions in place? Because I've seen some pictures of you and the family with everybody masked up and everything else. Was that a real pain? Because, I mean, it's fine once you're out in the ocean because mm. there's only you and your support crew, but was it really tricky to try and navigate all the COVID stuff? Um, especially with flying. Yeah. That was the hardest part once we got to Japan and got where we needed to be. It was all pretty fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, there were really no issues with that, but it was the flying. Airports were pretty closed. Yeah. They weren't as busy as normal and masks on the plane and all the things like that. But, uh, yeah, no, Japan went pretty smoothly, mm. considering all things. That's all good. Now, ultramarathon swimming isn't just a matter of jumping in the water after doing so, some serious pool training or a little few ocean swims. Is it, it's, I mean, how so people have got some idea... How big is your support crew going to be for when you go across to the English Channel? Because, first of all, you actually have to ask permission to swim the English Channel, don't you? Yeah. And they only give out certain a certain amount of permits a year or something? Yeah, so you have to book with a pilot. Yep. Um, and they have a certain amount of swimmers they take each year. Yep. And, obviously, there's a certain amount of tide windows and weather windows. Because um, you want the weather to be right. You don't want to be swimming in... Choppy. Crap. Yeah, 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 crap. <laughs> yeah. Choppy crap, yeah. Um... But uh, what was I saying? So you've got your so you've got your support crew. Oh uh, yeah, support right? crew. Yeah, so you've got so you've got the pilot and the boat. I'm guessing yep. you'll have. Do you have you normally have your coach there? Yeah, so I'll take my coach Philip Rush with me. Yep. Mum will be there. Dad will be there. Yep. Hopefully, my sister will be there. And they all on the support boat as well. Um. So for English Channel, I'm only allowed three people on the support boat, which would be Phil. Mum and Dad. Yep. If Dad can make it over, because yeah, yeah. he's working yep. in Spain at the moment. Um, but my grandparents will come over, and my sister will come nice. over. Wave goodbye. Yeah, <laughs> wave goodbye. Now, when you are swimming, I saw that you are a big dinosaur jelly fan. <laughs> and what was the other thing you were drinking? Oh, energy gel drinks and all that type of stuff. Yeah, Powerade. Yep. Yeah. So, to give us some idea, like, if you were doing something like the English Channel... Uh, it's going to take you roughly what? How long do you think it will take you? If, uh, if you were, and I'm not saying go super fast, I'm just saying just get it done. Around Caitlin. 10 hours. Okay, so in that 10 hours, what would you be eating? So I'm guessing you're going to have a huge meal the night before, is that right? Yeah. Yep, yep. the pasta. As much and, as I can yep, eat. Yep. yep, until you're just about ready to pop. Yep. yep. And then when you're actually out on the water, what are you eating? So how many, like, would you go through three packets of dinosaur jellies? Uh, would you go through like, I don't know, five litres of um, Powerade? I used to work with a guy who was a transatlantic rower, and he they used to row for two hours on and two hours off for 42 days, right? Oh my God. Non-stop, yeah. right? And he said they would literally finish, and sometimes they'd just sit there and eat like two bags of potato chips, because they weigh nothing, you could put them in the boat. Um, but he said you'd eat the potato chips, and it was just like you'd eaten nothing. So how many packets of dinosaur jellies do you reckon you go through? For the channel, um, not as much as you think. Yep. I probably only one pack, yep. and maybe four or five bottles of Powerade or Goo Energy, yep. um, like gels, like energy gels. That's mainly what I have. Um, we feed on the first hour. I'll have like a gel and half a bottle of Powerade, yep. and then every half an hour after that, I'll feed, and it'll be. And do you Whatever actually, I'm given, really. do you forget to eat or does your support crew actually say, come on, Caitlin, you've got to eat something now or, hey, yeah, Caitlin, no, have a drink? my support crew will stop me every half an hour and say, 
yeah, eat this, and that's what I have to eat. No choices. <laughs> yeah, well, it is what it is. Right now, yeah. much like anybody who's ever done an athletic event, played a sport, run a race, or something else, there's a moment inside your head where that little inner voice goes, "Yeah, what's the point of doing all this?" Or yeah. you know, you know, hey, come on, you're tired, or the water's cold, or you know, why don't you just give up? Uh, I'm guessing you've got some ways or some coping strategies of getting around that. So what do you tell yourself when things start getting hard? I know that your support crew will yell out at you. I've seen some footage of them sort of telling you to do stuff and that type of stuff. But what do you? What game do you play in your head um, with yourself? I try to distract myself a lot. Yep. I run through movies or songs in my mind. Yeah. Um, Sometimes there's like words on the side of the boat I'm swimming next to. Mm-hmm. Try and read that and memorize it. Look at what my support crew is doing. Um, but yeah, I do go into some dark places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet because it's a <laughs> long time. Swims. Yeah, um, and you know it's it must be really really easy just to go. Actually, you know what? Eh, not today. It's not going to happen. Because yeah. I mean, there's lots of different variables there. You can get out there and the weather's crap. It might be raining or something, and you're like, eh, yeah, you know, and everything else and you're not a big fan of the dark either, are you? No, not Which is, no. why did you take up a sport where you've got to start in the <laughs> middle of it? I'm just asking. Right, you know, so yeah. Okay, so what does your support crew say to you to keep you going? Um, is it all just sort of, come on, Caitlin, you know you can do this? Or will your coach, because I've seen you and your coach talking to one another, because you're not allowed to touch the boat, are you? No, no uh, So you're just basically treading water. But I've seen your coach saying some stuff to you in some of them for your promo videos. So what's what's coach study when you are having a, a shall we say a Caitlin wobbly moment where the wheels are coming off? It really depends on the moment and what he feels that I need. Like if I need to be yelled at yeah. and told off and told to pull my head out, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then he'll tell me that. But if he knows that I'm struggling, he'll say, "Come on, you've got this. Yeah. Keep keep going. We believe in you." Blah blah blah. Yeah. yeah. And do you guys very often have arguments on the water? I can imagine you turning around and saying, you know what, blah, 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 at, at him and him saying, well, you know, whatever. I mean, because look, let's be honest, uh, if it was me, I'd be tempted just to move the boat another 500 metres and say, well, if you want to get out, you've got to catch us, type stuff. But um, like, do you guys very often have like sort of arguments or you just get sort of disagreements? Most of the time, I just do as I'm told. There you go, um, most of the time. Most of the time, there are little moments where yep. I'll talk back, but he'll always say... If I say, oh, I want to get out, he'll say, oh, just 15 more minutes. Yep. We'll reassess in 15 minutes, and then we never talk about it again. Nice. That's, That's it. Good. And I'm like, okay, cool. Okay, so when you have your like your, you have your dark moments, clearly you're going to have some type of thought pattern in there. What's the first thing that you do when you go, oh, here comes a dark moment? Um, previously, I've kind of just um, gone deeper into it. Yep. Um, and made it worse. Yep. But I've recently started seeing like a psychologist and been given some really great tools to help me with not giving up on myself. Want to want to share what one of your tools is for uh, not giving up? Controlling my breathing, like yep. making sure that uh, like box breathing or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, distracting myself is another one. Yep. And just like diving into the fear and saying, yeah, there could be something there that's going to eat you. But. but Probably not, and there's nothing you can do about yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, and we're going to talk about that later on as well, because <laughs> I've seen what your theory is for swimming with sharks, and I'm like, mm, I've faced a lot of dangers. I don't know if that would be one I'd be running with, but that's all good. So when you went to cross Catalina in August 2022, you had an attack of nerves, right? Yeah. And we're struggling to keep 
uh, this is off your website, keep your um, fears and emotions in check, which is a natural thing because it's a really big event. Um, people have like all come to support you and everything else. Do you feel the pressure? Um, uh, you'd feel the pressure anyway because you're going to do the crossing, but do you feel the pressure of everybody being there and everybody focusing on you and kind of going, okay, Caitlin, you got this, and you're like, oh. Yeah, that was a really hard one because I had my coach there, his partner was there, yep. my grandparents were there, my sister was there, my parents were there. Yep. And, you know, that's a lot of money mm-hmm. to, to accommodate for everyone and fly everyone over, and everyone was there for me. Yep. They weren't They weren't there to go to Disneyland or anything else. No, yep. Um, it wasn't a holiday. It was more of a business trip. Yeah. And that's a lot of pressure because if I don't do this, then I'm going to ask to come back. And yeah, yeah, do it yeah, again. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and do your fears get you? Clearly, your fears get you sometimes, right? When you look back at it, because I'm no doubt you do this with your sports psychologist and everything else. What do you reckon your biggest learning from looking back at those things? And looking at your fears and anxieties, or something like Catalina, what was mm. your biggest learning from Catalina that you learnt? Was probably that it's all good preparing physically. Like I did everything. I was swimming really well, um, hitting best times in the pool, swimming really fast. Um, but I could prepare as well as I could physically. But I forgot about the mental side of it. Yeah. And I learnt that it's almost more important to have. A good mental game as well as a physical game. Yeah, uh, as my old rugby coach used to say, if the top two inches aren't working, the rest of you can yeah. stay there, stay at home. Yeah. So let's talk about some of those ocean seven factors, shall we? If you want to block your ears, that's all good, <laughs> right? So here's some of the factors that Caitlin's got to face. Um, this is straight off the uh, Ocean Sevens website as well, uh, and Caitlin's website as well, which we'll talk about later on. So uh, rough marine life, rough trade winds, turbulent water conditions, sharks. Sea, sea snakes, fog, major shipping routes, cold water, lion's manes, jellyfish. You clearly have been stung by jellyfish a couple of times. Uh, a few times, yeah. yeah. What's that like? Uh, in New Zealand, it's not so bad. It's just like a little sting. Yeah. Uh, sits there for about a day and then it's gone. Gone, yeah. feel like this will be different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Overseas, like uh, when you're doing the Sugaru, did you get stung by any jellyfish yet? No, I didn't have any. That's there. all good. Right, let's keep going with these factors. Um, apparently you've swum with orcas as well. Uh, they were close, weren't they? The pot of orcas? Yeah, yep. um, during the chopper challenge yep. a few years ago, yeah. And what's the closest you've ever swum to a shark? Uh, chopper challenge. There was a little a baby shark right in front of me and who I was swimming with. Nice. Uh, I think my dad panicked more than I did, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah, right. He was in so, the kayak. <laughs> uh, do you want to tell us the Caitlin O'Reilly theory on... How to swim with sharks? What do you do? I, I read somewhere that this is this is what you do before you answer. You can. It might have changed. I close my eyes and concentrate on my stroke. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. If I can't see them, they're not there. <laughs> yeah, that'll work. Yeah, and look, let's be honest. It's like you said. There's not much you can do anyway. So mm. it's like, yep. Yeah, so all good. Right. So uh, yeah, take that on advice. There it is. Close your eyes and keep swimming. Uh, now you also work really, really closely with Live Ocean, right? Which is yep. a um, environmental sort of impact uh, charity organisation, right? So, and you probably know better than most because you're swimming in the ocean a lot more than the rest of us are. And in some places where most people don't swim, um, when you looked at that uh, that big deep hole that they discovered in the ocean the other day and they went all the way down to the bottom you found what they saw they found at the bottom a, no, a, a plastic bag oh. awesome it's just like yeah well done humanity mm. um 
are our oceans where you're swimming, are they full of like lots of rubbish and crap when you're swimming? Yeah, yep. uh, especially Auckland Harbour, yep. uh, Kaumarama, uh, Mission Bay, yep. those kind of areas. It's just not pleasant. Yeah. Uh, and what, when you're yeah. swimming overseas, what do you generally see as like the biggest pollutant in the sea? Is it plastic bags? Is it just everything? Or? Yeah, plastic bags, fishing nets, Japan especially, lots of fishing lines, fishing yep. nets, uh, just stuff that's fallen off the boat, gumboots, yep. swim into one of those. Yeah. Uh, not very yeah, often you can say of... you've been swimming and swimming yeah. to a gumboot, is it? It's not. Hey, that's all good. Yeah. Well, yeah, and yeah. So if you're listening, do do a little bit more. Sixth uh, or seventh? Oh, sorry, the sixth or seventh of March, 2022. You swim for 28 hours and two minutes. Again, who's counting? Uh, to cross 40.2 kilometres for Lake Taupo. So basically, you crossed Lake Taupo twice, right? Yeah. And that was your fundraising swim for the Westpac Chopper Swim. Uh, you raised over $7,000. It was actually closer to eight, right? Um, is that something you do every year? You raise money for Westpac Rescue Helicopter, or is it you just started doing it? Or? Uh, it's an event. So yep. normally it's held Waihekita, Auckland. Yep. Um, and I've been doing it for years, yep. six years maybe, yep. on and off, because obviously through COVID they didn't hold the event, and this year they didn't hold the event. Um, and that kind of just replaced it in a way i was doing a double lake taupo anyway yep why not make good use of it yep good work nice week uh so caitlin swims for 28 hours and two minutes uh her biggest worry after the race was that her and i quote my skin was a bit wrinkled right (laughs) and do you want to tell everybody what happens so you are close to finishing i believe when you see a golf ball in the bottom of lake taupo (laughs) or somewhere when you're swimming what do you do well, I tried to go get it. I dove down to get it. And why would you do that? Because it's a pollutant, I'm guessing. A, well, it's yeah. also a golf ball. I'm yeah. going to take it home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so after 28 hours of swimming, she's golf ball hunting. And what did your coach say to you? He gave me a bit of a yell. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, come on, you've got like 20 metres to go. Yeah, yeah. Don't lose focus now. <laughs> Insane, right? Okay, so the questions from that event, I guess, is how do you stay awake for 28 hours while you're swimming? I mean, most people... Uh, if I said to most people who are listening to this podcast, hey, you've got to stay awake for the next 28 hours just watching Netflix, they'd be like, no way, I can't do that. Mm. And then if I said to them, well, you've got to stay awake for 28 hours while you're swimming now, um, they'd be like, well, I can't do that. So how did you keep yourself awake? Was it easy or was it just it was on with it? easier than I thought it was going to be because obviously like on a normal day, I'm not going to be able to stay awake for 28 hours. Yeah. Um, but it kind of just happened. I was on... I was having my energy gels and my food, and that's got a little bit of caffeine in it. Yep. Um, but it was easier than expected. I the the hardest thing was getting bored. Yep. Like my mind's just all over the place. All over the place. Yep. And sometimes it's not very interesting. Yeah. Um, it's like sitting in a chair for twenty eight yep. hours. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Yeah. Um, what happens when you get to the other side of Lake Taupo? Because I'm guessing it's not like a swimming pool where you sort of touch the end. And then yeah. sort of flip over and keep going. So what actually happens? Do you swim one one side to Lake Taupo, get out, have a meal, and then come back across? Or do you literally just go, oh, my feet have hit the ground now, and turn around and keep going? Yeah, so I had to jump out and clear the water. Yep. And then I sat on the boat ramp um, and had lasagna. Yep. And then uh, Straight back, back in. in. Yep. yep. Uh, air temperature was quite cold, so it's like three, three or four degree air temperature. So I didn't plan on 
spending the whole 10 minutes out there yeah because uh, i get cold and it would affect my swim um but the hardest part was not continuing to walk up the beach and go into the yeah. motel where there was a nice warm bed, warm bed. <laughs> yeah um and again you know what do you do to stop yourself doing that because most i'm not going to say that you're not normal caitlin but most normal <laughs> people would be like to hell with the second leg i'm off to the hotel bed what so what do you do to keep yourself in the game do you do you look at your coach and just concentrate on what you're doing or do you just go right only halfway done got to keep going focus on the mission let's get it done yeah focus on the mission yeah um yeah focus on why i'm there i had already done one lap before so i'm not going to do that again i've done that before yeah keep going and see how far i can go yeah see all, what happens all good all right so there are lots of rules and things that you aren't allowed to do with ultramarathon swimming, right? Like you can't rest or touch on the boat. What's some of the other rules that most people wouldn't know, do you think, about ultramarathon swimming? Because I think there's some, there's still some people who just think, you know, you just turn up at a beach and go, I'm going to swim across the Cook Strait and just start swimming with a couple of mates on the boat. But that's not how it works at all. So what's some of the rules that you can and can't do, like... Um, you don't wear wetsuits pretty much, do you, at yep. all? No wetsuits. No too wet much suits. warmth, too much buoyancy, buoyancy too yep. much aid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one pair of goggles, one cap, one swimsuit that doesn't go below your knees. Yeah. Uh, you have to have an official observer yep. to verify the swim. Um, but basically, it's as simple as it sounds. Okay. And if you lose a pair of goggles or you lose a swimming cap or something yeah. else that you're allowed to replace them yeah i can replace them i've got spares in the boat next to me right um i grease up and put my sunblock on and then off i go no touching the boat uh yeah. basically no one can touch me until i'm done and when i was looking at ultra marathon swimmers like back in the day they used to smear themselves and stuff like duck fat and all that yeah, type of stuff similar yeah, yeah so what are you using to like keep a little uh, bit of warmth in there do you know or not you just know. or just something the coach is giving you just yeah. go yeah yeah sweet cool good put this on Caitlin here's a yeah. cool nose yeah okay right so now you just don't do ultra th- ultra marathon swimming you also um you're still doing rowing or not no, it, uh, too hard to keep, too hard to yep. keep it balanced yeah. right yeah. and event swimming in the pool as well is it getting harder as you get older and you've left school and you're at university to do all those things or not like is it like especially with like the english channel coming up i'm guessing that you can't do very much more can you because you've got to be careful of injury and all that mm. type of stuff yeah so with the pool racing i might go once every two months just to see what i can do see if i can get a pb i raced in the pool last month and got a 30 second pb nice so i had worked really hard over the summer building my pace not worrying about the distance and the marathon swimming side of it and just yep. focusing on the pool stuff technique and how i can get faster and it seemed to work out for me quite well so when you do like your pacing for ultra marathon because i guess it must be really easy just to hit the water and go right i'm going from point a to point b and i'm just going to plod because there's yeah. no time limit is there no you know so you could take 35 hours to get across the English Channel. Oh my God, that'd be yep. a slow swim. But um, your coach is always keeping you on pace and keeping an eye on you and everything else. So when you're swimming, let's say when you swam, and you may not know because you might not, you probably try to black it out of your memory, but when you swam the Cook Strait, for instance, can you remember roughly what you were swimming a K in? Uh, probably about 15 minutes. Oh, yeah, okay. Cool. Yeah, so like three and a half, four Ks an hour is 
the goal yeah or like where i'm sitting at now faster would be nicer but like for cook straight with the tides uh you have to be three and a half k's an hour or you're not going to make it yep. you'll miss the the land all right okay so you know like you mentioned before your first coach john gatfield swam the cook straight at the the ripe old age of 13 years and three months old right you ever give him any grief about being old because you did it at the age of 12 sure yeah, you did yeah i did yeah Definitely. nice good yep. work yep tremendous stuff right so last question for you normally what i say to people is it's the day of reckoning you've died and you're in your coffin and blah 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 i'm like well you're only 19 so that's way too young <laughs> so what i'm going to ask you is this i'm going to ask you i'm going to ask you to pretend that you are at your ultra marathon um swim awards in the year let's say 2050 right which will probably make you around about mid 40s early 50s right yep. about the same age as me right um and yeah, and they will they will you out and say look here's the ocean seven swimming champ <laughs> blah 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 she did it from here to here what advice what three tips would you give to those young ultra marathon swimmers um looking at you like you are sort of all that and then some and you will be so <laughs> um don't listen to anyone else yeah listen to your coach take advice from other people but don't be like oh this person's doing this so i have to i must do it that way yeah um because everyone's different everything works different for everyone mm-hmm. um always have fun yeah um how do you have fun when you're swimming on a long distance because <laughs> i mean it's not like you can yeah. like can the support crew, crew play your music because you can't really hear it can you no you can't really hear it um I meant more like have fun with your training, yep. have fun, have a good group of people, don't take things too seriously, Yep. Um, otherwise you're just going to burn out. Yep. And it, yeah. Exactly, so there's two, you got one more. Um, have a good support crew. Nice, easy, yep. good work. Okay, so uh, English Channel coming up in August yep. 2023, uh, the other channel, the North Channel, coming up, are you doing that before or after the English Channel? after so after. uh whenever i'm recovered basically so how long will, three how, or four weeks, weeks maybe yep and then straight back into it yep and then go from there right now i know that you've got lots of people that sponsor you so now's the time to go here's my sponsors so do you know them all off by, off by your hat i've only got two what do you got uh zogs yep. swim brand um and goo energy right. all my nutrition and my energy gels and things like that okay so if you are listening to the podcast and maybe you're interested in sponsoring caitlin and her amazing endeavors because i have absolutely no doubt that she'll smash all of this don't let me down uh and that she'll go into well she is an amazing new zealander now um but uh where's the best place for people to um check you out check your social media out and everything else because you've got your own website haven't you Yes. Yep. Yeah. So that's CaitlinRiley.co.nz. Good thing I've got it. All right. <laughs> uh, you're on Instagram as well, um, yes. and I will put some links into that as well. So make sure you go and have a look at that. Um, I'm guessing that as August gets closer and closer, there'll be lots of pressure on you. Just like you said, have some fun with it, and I'm sure that you'll do some amazing things. Uh, I look forward to some amazing um, video and pictures when you get back, because I know what your family's like. They'll all have cameras <laughs> already there and everything else. Um, if I said to you, last question, um, which one do you think is going to cause you the biggest trouble? Is it going to be the English or the North Channel? What do you reckon? The North Channel, because um, it's going to be cold. Yeah. How cold is the water going to be? 14 degrees-ish, yeah. whereas English Channel will be more like 18, 19 degrees. Yeah, and to give people some idea, when you swim at Takapuna Beach on the ocean swim, 
what's the water there? Like 21, 22. Yeah, there you go. So it's yeah. almost like a 10 degree drop. So, Kalana mm. O'Reilly, best of luck for what you're doing. Um, I look forward to seeing you one day doing a TED talk or doing something <laughs> silly like that and go, I know her. I knew her when she was 19 because I have no doubt that you will. Um, so, that Thank is you. the Cupertino podcast. Thanks for listening. But please do Constable Brian and I a favour and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on the next Cappuccino podcast. Real people, real stories.